Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining us today, 2020 uh, Olympic head coach for the women's team, NCAA champion, head coach of the Stanford Cardinal women. Today, we're talking to Greg Meehan. Greg, how's it going? Good, Coleman. Happy to be with you. It's still weird to hear 2020 uh, Olympic team because it was not in 2020, so I never know what to refer to it as. But uh, yeah, it's good to be with you today. Thanks for, thanks for being with us. That's still a weird one for me too. It feels like I'm lying every time yeah. I say that, uh, but that's that's how it goes. Um, big news yesterday, obviously, uh, Reagan Smith announced that she, after one year at Stanford, she's moving to ASU. She's going pro. She's going to train with Bob Bowman. Um, so first off, uh, just from your end, did you and Reagan have a conversation about her, that that move from Stanford to Arizona State? And if so, from what you can share, what did that look like? Yeah, it was, um, we, we had a conversation last week uh, and then kind of a follow-up uh, yesterday, um, sorry, Monday. Um, and that was before she uh, kind of made it public to our team and then uh, out to, to the rest of the world. But um, we did, we, we talked about it and um, it was a, a really good conversation, I think, you know, one of the things in, in these situations, it's, uh, of course, in full transparency, like I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm sad. Um, you know, Reagan's someone that's, um, been a part of our program this year, but really like she and I have, have had a relationship since, uh, she was 15 when she was at her first world championships. Uh, I had the privilege of coaching her, um, through that experience. And then again in 2019, and then again, last summer at the games. So, you know, it's, it's sad to, you know, for, for me personally. And then I know for our team, cause that's, that's their friend, that's their teammates. Um, and so it's, it's, uh, yeah, of course it's, it's disappointing. And while, um, you know, we talked through some of the, the reasons, uh, that she's leaving, um, I think it's okay that, you know, we weren't necessarily on the same page as to whether or not that's a, uh, a, a good reason. Um, I think it's okay that, um, you know, as I, as I look at that, like, I, I think that this was going to be the best place for her, but I believe that she believes that, that the move is what she needs. And I can, I respect that. And, um, you know, I can accept that. I think that that's, that's really important because our, we're still going to have a, a, you know, a relationship moving forward. And so she'll always be a Stanford Cardinal. She'll be, you know, a part of, of last year's team forever and I just wish we had more time with her. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, that's a really interesting point. Just from your standpoint, you've gone through this before with professionals and you've trained a lot of really good professional swimmers. Um, do you, how do you, how, how do you as a coach grapple with that of just you, you have this vision for them, but then they still decide, Hey, this is what I need for my career right now. Um, yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a great question, Coleman. And I think it's that, that transition is so unique to each individual. Right. And 
I think it just happens through more dialogue and more conversations. This situation was was certainly unique to, compared to um, you know our two in the past. Those were more planned out, and that was at a time when NIL was not a thing yet. And so, you know, for for Katie and Simone when they were making decisions to go professional, um, it's because they didn't have financial opportunities that current you know NCAA athletes have. Um, and I think that's a good thing, right? I, I do think that change is good, um, but it's changed the landscape a little bit on timing of that. And so, for using those two as good examples for Katie. It was part of the recruiting process with her and part of the discussions. That was very much a planned, okay, you're going to, you know, you're going to come out of the, the Olympic Games. You're going to go two years uh, as a, as an NCAA student athlete, you know, 2017, 2018 NCAA seasons. And then you're going to turn professional because I really feel like uh, it takes a little bit of time to learn how to be a professional athlete. And, and that's a two year, what we thought was a two-year window to the games. <laughs> Obviously, that, that turned into a longer stretch. Um, but that was kind of the reasoning there. Um, and then for Simone, when she went through that process, she had already been here. She, you know, she was here in the fall of 2014. Um, so she had already had two years as uh, as a Stanford student before, you know, going to the games and, and having a great, um, you know, 2016 games in Rio came out and and then competed again 1718 she could have gone pro a year earlier she wanted to stay one more year she actually still had an additional year if she wanted it because she redshirted that Olympic year um but similar reason like felt like the timing was right after 2018 let's make the change we've got a two-year window to the games so that's you know my experience with those two and and even though they were somewhat through a similar lens different experiences um and then for, for Katie, as she wrapped up last quad, and then it was like, okay, what's next? We had really good conversations about where to go. And I felt honored to be part of that conversation with her and felt like, you know, Florida was a perfect landing spot. Anthony's a great coach, as is Bob, and, and that's going to be a great landing spot uh, for Reagan. And so, you know, it's just each conversation is somewhat unique. This was a little bit different in that, you know, she's still a little younger than they were when they made those transitions and just had one NCAA season under her belt and just kind of nine months here at Stanford. But um, yeah, I think that's where it's, you just, you, you, you engage in conversation you try and listen and then, okay, based on what they're saying and what you're hearing, you're putting a plan together as, as best you can. Um, and so that's just kind of how I, I've always approached it. Do you feel like, just for you as a coach, you were able to navigate that conversation, that conversation with Reagan differently, you know, now in 2022 versus when you had them four or five years ago. Um, again, just for your growth and, and communication process as a coach of professionals. Yeah, I, I think it still is different. Um, just the, the, timing of it was different. And I hadn't coached her, even though I, I had kind of coached her on trips for a really long time. I'd only coached her for that nine month period versus, you know, at that point I had coached Katie for two years. Simone, I had coached for four plus years. So it just is a different, you know, it's a different like vibe. We're in a different place in our relationship at that point. Um, and so I, I hope that I, I learned from that. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I still made mistakes because that's, 
that's what we do. Um, but learning from them and, and being better moving forward is, is really important. Yeah. And so then, you know, obviously your primary role is the head coach of the Stanford women. Um, when, as you said, the team loses a teammate and a friend uh, th- through that process, how, how, how do you lead the move forward for the NCAA team, especially as this team will be a top contender for a title this year? We, yeah, we, um, we got on a team zoom yesterday because we're, as, as you may know, we're on the quarter system. So they're not back here for like just under a month. They get back on September 6th. So I just didn't want to wait that long to, to get together as a group and felt like it'd be important yesterday to, to connect. Um, you know, she had shared that news with our team on, on Monday night. So they'd had a little bit of time to process. Um, but really the goal of, of getting together was just, getting together and and talking about it a little bit uh, from a high level. Um, but then also just knowing that people are going to process this in their own way and, you know, grieve for lack of a better word in their own way. Um, they all care about her a lot. And, and as coaches, Tracy and I do as well. Right. I mean, that's you spend time building relationships with people. And so for the last uh, year, her teammates and, and friends have been building strong relationships with her. So there's a there's a grieving process there for them, just as I'm sure. And I know that it was really hard for Reagan to walk away from this. And that was not a, a an easy decision and, and wasn't taken lightly. And, and because of those relationships that she had built. So it was important that we just got together and, and talked about it. And um, and it was a good opportunity to, to just kind of touch on some other things. And, you know, we're we're going to miss her. Uh, as a human, uh, first and foremost. Um, and then, yeah, of course, we're going to miss her performances. But uh, teams are never defined by one person. And so, you know, we've got we've to move into this season excited about what's ahead. And to your points or to your commentary, I appreciate that. I, I do think we're, we're a contender next year, um, even with the news of yesterday. I think we've got a, a really good squad and they're going to be excited about the opportunity uh, that's going to be in front of us. Especially the, the more that we remove ourselves from kind of the COVID experience here, the more we normalize. And, um, and, and that's exciting. I, I know it was tough everywhere. I, it just was, was brutal here, uh, in Santa Clara County. And so, you know, last year was mostly normal, but not quite there. So really looking forward to like, okay, this year we're, we're kind of going to be back in, in sort of how we normally operate. And that is something that our team is excited about. We're, getting ready to go to Maui a couple of days after we get back. And that's a, a trip that we haven't been able to take for the last few years. And so there's a lot of excitement in, uh, in and around that. Yeah. I, it's, it's just funny to he- even hear you talk about <laughs> the normalizing from the pandemic, because obviously COVID is still happening, but yeah. I, don't, I live in Texas and uh, it's a lot different here than Santa Clara County. Um, so I sometimes, yeah, I even forget that, that uh, aside from maybe wearing an occasional mask that uh, certain places are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's it's very real. (laughs) (laughs) So um, in terms of this new team, this new look Stanford, which happens every year, uh, you've got quite a class coming in for, from, from swim swims perspective, you've got five of our top 20 recruits, three of our top 10, um, what excites you about this incoming class? I, I 
as you said, you probably haven't spent too much time with them. I'm sure you've talked to them individually, but as a team, I don't know how much you have communicated with them, but um, from personality and obviously from just a swimming perspective, what excites you about uh, getting these fresh new faces on campus this year? Yeah, all of it, Coleman. I think that's the cool part. Um, you know, each each season brings its own unique team, right? Like this, the team this year, it's the only time that this will be that particular team. Um, as, as seniors uh, depart uh, and move to the next phase of their life and freshmen come in, it's constantly evolving and changing. And I like there's the the sad part of that where, you know, seniors leave and it's like saying goodbye to, to Brooke a couple weeks ago, knowing she's getting ready to go to the Peace Corps and like we're not going to see her for two years. Um, but then on the flip side of it, we have this amazing group of young women that are going to be here in less than a month. And that's exciting. Um, and it's kind of a again, it's it's sort of this youth movement that we have within our program. We had eight freshmen this year. We've got eight freshmen coming in next year. Uh, we're, we're really going to be bottom heavy in, in terms of the, the, you know, how the classes uh, rank out uh, numbers wise. But it's an awesome group. They're super talented, no doubt. To your point, you, you touched on on what they do in the water. Uh, but watching them uh, on their official visit in the fall, like being together and spending time together and spending time with our team. And then just watching them and, and uh, getting to continuing to get to know them through the year. Like I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. This is a pretty cool group. And I feel like they're, they're going to walk in the door and kind of hit the ground running pretty well uh, in terms of our, our team dynamic. Cause they know the class of, of 2021 really well as well. Um, you know, some of them were friends even before they made the decision. And so there, there's this pretty cool vibe uh, amongst that group and, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. So I got to talk to Tori Husk not too long ago after, uh, after her worlds and after she went on vacation with Taylor Ruck in Italy. Um, and it was cool to hear her talk about how the, the uniqueness of Stanford and, um, how, how she changed outside of the pool during her freshman year and what she picked up. But I don't want to ask about any of that. I want to ask about her training for the 400 IM. What was that Don't about, start, Craig? Start. <laughs> uh, you know, you you recognize what people are good at, uh, and and you you know recognize what they're going to benefit from, and you run with it. And it doesn't matter if it fits into a box or not. Um, I, I have felt like well-rounded swimmers have always thrived here. You know, I think we're much better in, in that than sort of the specialization. I, even some of our best sprinters, you know, if you look back at, at Simone, like she was still a really well-rounded swimmer. Um, Tori is a very well-rounded swimmer. Um, and so, you know, you, you look at, and then you, you look at like this class coming in with, with Kayla and Claire and Charlotte and everybody, like they're just, they're good at a lot of different things. And so as we evaluate anybody, it's like, all right, what's their training background? How do we like take a good chunk of that and still find a way to to add, you know, to to make it better? Um, and if that means that Tori Husk is in the four and I am group on Thursdays, then so be it. Um, it's you know, and, and then sometimes too, it's just about like training partners, getting the right people together at the right time during the week, because we don't have set groups where like they only train with this group the whole week. 
they're constantly like moving and shifting around based on what's going to most benefit them. Um, you know, and I think even for, for Tori, for all of our team, like coming out of the Olympic year and just all the craziness of it and the pressure and everything else. And in this area, trying to, again, get back to normal, like we just didn't, we didn't want to squeeze too early. And so it was like, let's let our freshmen adjust. Um, let's just kind of get back into what we do really well. And then it was, you know, learning about such a big class and who's going to benefit from which group. And, and that class, you know, swam for the most part, swam really well this year um, in the short course season. And then some have continued to do really well in the long course season. Um, feel like we're, we're learning about them. And so, yeah, I would anticipate Tori's going to stay in that group uh, for the time being. She just, you know, Evan, like they would just do a lot of swimming and she would do a lot of IM sets and uh, as a club swimmer. So we've kind of taken that and uh, that helps her. She, she needs work uh, regardless of her event profile. And she's still young. She's 19. It's not time to, you know, to go to the, to the spring well at this age for someone who can do so many different things. Um, and I feel like, you know, that, how can you draw a direct line from 400 M group to, you know, going 52 and hundred freestyle? I, I don't, I don't know that you can do that, but I just like in my gut, I know that was part of why she was really good this summer, um, in all of her events. Did I, I do like that you added that part of, of matching swimmers, because that's certainly not something that comes out on paper or comes a, you know, we hear about a lot, but obviously that makes a big difference of, of who the people you surround yourself with or the people your coach surrounds you with. Uh, does it, does it hurt you that obviously we talked, she didn't get to swim the two IM this summer because yeah. of the, the event conflict, but it's like, she doesn't swim the two IM and she swims the 50 fly. Does it, do you get a little ping in your heart Yeah, yeah and your sure. 400 IM heart of like, <laughs> she's doing this? She's 100%. It was painful to put that entry in, but uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, you know, that there are challenges with, with someone like Tori in, in the event profile. Just how do you, how do you map this out? And at some point you need to go with quality over quantity. And I think last as a, as an observer, last summer uh in 2021 like watching her move through olympic trials and just racing everything just level of fatigue as the meet went on it's like okay i want to avoid that um and so we just want to be a little more um a little more specific on on events to try and make the team in when especially within april world trials i think that was the other thing that that have affected the event schedule it wasn't just the how the events lined up with each other it was, you know, at some point you just, you want to make sure you're, you're taking care of the things that you feel most comfortable with qualifying in when you have a very limited window to qualify, you know, it was NSA's like, and then what, six weeks later we were at world trials. And so that's a, that's a very unusual turnaround in, in the U S right. That, that may be normal in some other spots, but for the U S Normally our qualifying meets aren't until June at the earliest. So to have it in April is so unusual. It's like, all right, if if we want to be really good in a hundred fly and a hundred free, like then let's start to just go that direction. Um, yeah, you know, she's good in the 50 fly. So of course it's like, all right, you got to do it. I, you don't need to do the 200 IM, but, but it did hurt a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, that's an event too. That's like, she doesn't have a lot of experience with. It's not an Olympic event that in terms of the 50 fly. 
So we'll we'll look, um, you know, kind of at the new schedule. It's obviously redesigned a little bit for Paris and and the Olympic trials in 2024 with the nine day schedule. This is what we wanted to do is add another another day to a really long meet. But um, I think the changes that we made, the decisions that we made and the changes that we made in training helped her through not just through the trial meet in April, but at Worlds carrying 16 races uh, through the course of that meet was was super impressive. And she was running out of gas a little bit um, on the end, but it was really important that she went through that. That's the first time that she had carried that many swims uh, at that high level of the meet. And so it's like, okay, she handled that pretty well. Now we have that to, to that lens to kind of look through as, as we look to the next two years. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was going to ask about that and you answered, uh, but I am curious about the lens that you looked through. Obviously you were uh, a, w- a head coach for worlds, I think for the past two, for f- 15, 17, 19, uh, 17 right? and 19. Yeah. I was an assistant in 15 and 16. Okay. And then, uh, and then obviously you were the head Olympic coach. And so this year, uh, Tracy Slusser, your associate, your assistant associate, yep. associate, associate was on staff. Um, and so how, how were you viewing worlds and how were you digesting it as, as taking a step back? Well, I was on the work. So Tracy was here. I was over there with our crew in, in Budapest. Um, yeah. And so it was initially, I was thinking about not traveling this summer. Um, but then I, I having two freshmen on that world championship team and like, okay, first time really seeing them through a full cycle. Um, I wanted to be there. So I kind of changed course and, uh, and was, was, you know, really excited to be asked to be on staff. Um, and so I, I went with them. Um, and so it was great to, to be there and, and just like visually work them through that, that meet or help them work through that meet. They're the ones doing the work, but um, you know, that, that camp in Croatia leading into uh, the competition in Budapest. um, It was, it was great to, to be there and see it, but I was there. Sorry. My, my uh, lights are on a timer, (laughs) Um, but it, it, it was really nice to be there as an assistant coach and not as the head coach and Anthony and Todd did an amazing job, uh, leading team USA. And it was really fun to, to be there in a different role. And it's like, <laughs> you know, not have to do all of, uh, um, all the hard decisions at times. Um, but the, the staff was, was great. Like I just really enjoyed getting to spend time with, with Anthony and Todd. And I had never really spent time with Bill Dorncott and he was, Amazing. Um, Carol and I are friends, so I've, I've known her for a long time. So it was fun to, to be there with her as well and with Bruce and just like it was it was great. Um, and so, you know, it was a, a, a different role for me and then I wasn't the head coach, but a really enjoyable role nonetheless. I heard Todd got you guys drinking monsters. Is that was that the drink? Uh, well, <laughs> there was a a. Uh, Budapest uh, or Hungarian version called Hell. So yeah, I was thinking thinking Hell. Um, (laughs) It was terrible. So I'm back to my ways of coffee. (laughs) But I, you know, Todd was the head coach. He asked me to do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna toe the party line there. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds terrible to me. I, I really was. Yeah. 
Um, it's yeah. like uh, it's like carbonated sweet tarts. It's just not. It's <laughs> not good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful to me, but yeah. uh, nice. But so, so you got to you got to be on staff as an assistant, obviously in a different role. Um, do you do you feel do you feel a difference in your day to day life now, knowing that in two years you will not have to prepare for to to be an Olympic head coach? Yes. <laughs> Not to oversimplify it, but yes, I, I, there were a lot of things that were unique to the last quad, right? And we happened to get, we as Dave and I happened to get uh, appointed a little earlier than normal. Um, it was the first games in a while where there wasn't a kind of national team head coach slash director role. You know, Lindsay as managing national team managing director, uh, it's a slightly different role maybe than what Frank had had in the past. And so I, you know, and, and I know Dave would, would say this as well, like we really appreciated being a part of a lot of the decisions that were being made with Lindsay uh, leading into what we thought was, was going to be in 2020 and, you know, the camp planning and, and everything else and felt like we had a great plan. And, and then, you know, the, the world stopped obviously and the, the stress was already a lot going in and then it just like was, was on steroids essentially that next year. Um, and so having that like headspace cleared out has been really good for me um, in, in a lot of different ways. I think it's allowed me to, to just stay a little more relaxed, kind of take a breath. Um, you know, I was still really busy this year, but it was a good busy and, you know, just like a, a singular focus of our college team. Cause we didn't have any pros this year. Um, and we've never had big pro groups, right? We've only had Stanford people in our pro group. So just not having that and just being able to, to focus on our college team was, was awesome. And, um, you know, kind of projecting that out and what that looks like. I'm excited about putting a plan together for our group here. And then I know that, you know, the head coaches and Lindsay will put a great plan in place for, you know, for the international piece of it. Um, speaking as someone who, uh, obviously you've had lots of world champ experience coaching, uh, Olympic experience, and then now you're train. you know, obviously training a group who will vie for, um, those world champ and Olympic spots. Um, I'm just curious about your thoughts on that 2024 world mm -hmm. championships and how you feel like that will, how you feel like that will fold into, um, the prep for the Paris games. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly a hot, hot topic right now. Um, I think first and foremost, as I, as I pull the lens back, I, if I take off my Stanford hat for a second, I know I, I just said I don't have to do this anymore. But I, if I put on my USA hat, it's like, we need to make sure that our, our you know, relays are really good next summer um, to, to qualify for Paris, right? Every relay that you medal in, in, in 2023 Worlds, you qualify for uh, Paris and you don't have to in 2024. Now, if we need, if team USA needs to, like they will qualify in 2024, but it does give a little bit of flexibility to coaches and athletes on, on going if our things are already taken care of from that perspective. Right. And we'll, I'm hoping that we'll have some athletes that will be in a position to be on, on relays next summer uh, to help team USA do that. So, you know, that's kind of one piece that's into it. And then you look at the, the lens of NCAA athletes and okay, that's a really tough time, right? That just doesn't, that doesn't make a whole ton of sense. 
So just weighing out the, okay, are, are we going to swim collegiately uh, in that, you know, in that quarter for us in that winter quarter of 2024 or, or take time off and go to worlds. I just think the it's, and now I think it's, I thought it was maybe in, Jan, in January, but I believe that it's actually in February. And so you're just getting closer and closer to uh, U.S. Olympic team trials. So it's not as though I would recommend that people don't go. It's just, if we have athletes qualify, we would be very careful about that decision. And if they were to go, how many races they were to take on. Because I think that's the other piece of it. You can come out of an eight-day meet and you're just beat up, right? And I don't know that I would want that for our crew. Again, I'm just speaking for our athletes. I don't know that I would want that for our crew in February. Like coming out of a meet like that and just being crushed. And then knowing that, okay, I've got to be really good in June. And then I've got to be really good in July um, if they qualify. So, you know, I've already put a lot of thought into that. And uh, the next step is is really just kind of waiting and and seeing how next summer goes and, and hopefully qualifying for the 2023 world's team. And then uh, it'll it'll kind of turn into individual conversations for those athletes that might qualify in 24. Uh, in a similar vein, you know, in that once we get past the summer of 2023, um, into the official Olympic year, um, do you put any more of an emphasis on long course with your collegiate athletes who are, you know, have, have hopes of performing really well at trials and making that Olympic team? Um, is, is there anything you do? I mean, something that comes to mind is in 2016, when, Dave Durden, you know, took a group of guys to a pro swim instead of to the the conference meet, right. To right, pack 12s. Right. And, um, you know, I'm not, it, does that manifest for you in any specific way or have you thought about that at all? Yeah, it, it does. And I, um, I don't know if it's a one size fits all it's, it's really taken a look at each individual and what their needs are. Um, you know, I think even for, for this past year, right. Uh, we wanted to get Reagan some long course racing. So we went to the U S open in November. Tori wanted to go to the short course worlds in, instead. So they went to two different meets and it worked out great for both of them. They, they swam really well this year um, at the end of, you know, at the end of June. So we, we kind of take it individually, but there are some things that for sure we would want to have a bit more touch on long course racing, not a ton. I don't think you want to, you know, or I don't think you need to overdo it. If you have, quality racing in the, you know, in the collegiate season, then you just need a little bit of touch on long course racing. Cause we train enough long course here throughout the course of the year that I don't feel like we're missing that part of it. You know, our, our, our mornings are mostly long course year round outside of, um, you know, January to, to, to March. We, we dial back just a little bit on that. Um, our training camp in Colorado Springs is always all long course. So I feel like we, we get enough touches of that. It's a bit more about the racing piece. So it would be, okay. And this is what we did in, in uh, December of 2015, kind of that last time around. Uh, it was, you know, Maya and Simone and Felicia and some others like going to the U S open in um, I think at, the, at that time it was after Thanksgiving it was, yeah, it was December. Um, and so just like that worked for them and, and Leah Neal and, and even, you know, if you take Leah and Simone, like Leah wanted to, to swim collegiately and Simone didn't. And so they were on slightly different paths. And so, you know, it just kind of like, really, it comes down to, again, just dialogue, having conversations with coaches and what makes sense. I know what I believe 
and I try and share that with them and then we'll come to a, a good decision together. That that's a full circle for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk to us today, Greg. It's always great catching up with you. Do you have any parting thoughts or wisdoms no, before no, we sign I, off today? I, I appreciate uh, being on here and you know, you asked the four and I am question. I'm going to have Tori race the four and I am this year once just for you, just for you, but not for Brayden. Yes. <laughs> Hear that, Brayden? It's for me. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited. But uh, once again, <laughs> thanks a lot, Greg. Thanks, Coleman. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.